Hello everyone and welcome to Something to Talk About, the podcast about documentaries. I'm your host Patrice Mitchell and I have a really cool episode for y'all today. See, I've never been a huge connoisseur of the royal family. I was never super knowledgeable about it and I never really cared to be quite honest with you, but then Netflix released The Crown a few years ago, and last year when I was pregnant and I was at home because we were off work for a little bit, I got so into The Crown, you guys. I became obsessed with the royal family, but I don't think you have to be someone that's really into the royal family or really into knowing all there is to know about it to know that Meghan and Harry left their official duties with the royal family back in 2020 and they moved to the United States and since then they've been doing interviews and they have done the big Oprah interview and they've done Spotify and they have all these like media deals and they just released a six a six part documentary on Netflix and that is going to be our featured series. Before watching this entire documentary, I was never like team anyone. I really didn't, I wasn't that into it. But after watching this entire documentary, I have to say that I am solidly on team Harry and Meghan. And everything they said the royal family did to them, I believe it now, just because of some things that have happened. And since there are a lot of people out there who know this story, who followed along even closer than I have, I don't want to recap the entire documentary in a linear fashion. Instead, I want to just talk about 10 moments from the documentary that really stuck out to me that made me change my point of view on some things or that honestly just shocked me overall. So if you haven't seen the documentary yet, I suggest as always you pause, go watch the documentary and then come back and listen to the rest of this podcast because I don't want to ruin it for you. But if you're someone who doesn't have time to sit down and watch six hours of a documentary or you really just don't want to, then stay tuned. But before we dive into this episode, I do want to let everyone know that you can now subscribe to my Patreon. I will begin posting content on the Patreon in January, which is just literally less than two weeks away. So you want to go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss anything. I'm going to be posting two additional podcast episodes a month on the Patreon, as well as my newsletter. My newsletter is going to go beyond documentaries and give you all the good, the bad, and the ugly in the world of news, TV, movies, podcasts, all of that. It's going to be in one place and I'm going to tell you what's good so you don't have to waste your time on all the bad stuff. It's going to be worth it, you guys. I I promise. So you'll get the two exclusive episodes and then the newsletter. And then I'll also open up messaging so that if you're someone that wants to dive deeper into a topic, you want to talk to me one-on-one about a topic, or you think I'm completely wrong about something and you want to debate me on a topic, then that's where you want to do it at because I'm not going to do it on my social media. (laughs) I'm just not the type of person that wants to debate across social media. I have done that enough in my life and it's gotten me nowhere with people and I've actually lost friends and friendships over social media debates. So I just don't go there anymore. But if you want to debate me on something, then go ahead, subscribe to my Patreon. I'll provide a link for the Patreon in the episode description, but you can also just reach me at patreon.com slash something to talk about. 
And without further ado, we'll go ahead and get into today's episode. I think that if you're someone who doesn't like Harry and Meghan, I think that you should definitely watch this documentary. Not because it's going to make you fall in love with them, because there are moments in this documentary that are, you know, you you question like the authenticity of some situations, not to an extent that you think they're lying, but you wonder if they're exaggerating. But there are some moments in some situations and just the history around why they left that is just undeniable. Megan was treated horribly by the British press and a lot of it, and I don't want to mince words, a lot of it was rooted in racism and racist dog whistles. There were moments when things were said about her in the press, like, I was so shocked looking back on it. Like, for example, there was a moment when um, a newsletter or a newspaper printed the word niggling in place of inkling when talking about a situation with her. There were so many of these instances where she was pitted against Kate, saying she made Kate cry, and just like all of this stuff that any normal person couldn't go through that. Like any normal person couldn't go through day after day of lies and just character assassination daily to benefit other people. And I could see how that would make her depressed and suicidal and questioning everything around you, especially when there's an institution hell bent on propping others up off of your back. And that's what it seemed like. Everything this woman did from the way she cradled her baby bump to what she wore to if she smiled or not was so critiqued in a way that was meant to be to damage her reputation and it was intentional and I think that's what the documentary really gets across is that there's a whole institution which is the royal institution not necessarily the family members but the institution that holds it all together and they were behind all of this pretty much and I believe that Harry would have left his official royal duties no matter what I think that Meghan you know i From this documentary, I can really tell that they are in love and they are made for each other and they have each other's backs and they're they're a love match. But it doesn't matter if he would have found Megan or another girl. He was out. He was looking for an avenue to get out of there. I think that he is so traumatized from his mom's birth. And a lot, you know, a lot of the complaints that I've seen online about this documentary says that like people were trying to, or they were trying to like draw the parallels from Diana to Megan and that Megan and Diana are nothing alike. And I don't think that that's what, they're not trying to draw the parallels of them being alike in character. I think what they were trying to do was say, look at what happened to Harry's mom. Look, she was literally chased to her death by these paparazzi and by the tabloids. And this is currently happening to my wife. She's being chased down. She's being harassed. There's a new story about her every single day. I don't want that to happen to her. I think that is the the simplest thing they were trying to do. They weren't trying to say that whatever, you know, Diana went through that Megan also is going through the exact same things. They're just trying to draw, you know, show the actual truths of the comparison. 
Another one of the complaints that I've seen online from people is that if they really want to live this private life, if they want to get out of the UK and out of the royal family and live a private life, then they, they should do that. But every time you turn around, they're doing a documentary or an interview or they're doing something in the media. And I would just like to say they never said they wanted to live a private life. They wanted to live a life free of harassment, free of all these lies in the tabloids all the time. That's what they wanted. And... I think that you can control your narrative and put out interviews and put out a documentary or whatever it is they want to do in their own way. But I don't think that means that that has to also be accompanied by complete harassment by, you know, the the institution or the the tabloids. I really advise you guys, if you want to know more about this you know, their journey and their story um, to watch the documentary. But if you don't want to watch the documentary, just look up some of the headlines about Megan from The Sun and The Inquirer and um, The Daily Mail and some of the other UK newspapers because they're horrible and they're a very about face. If you put a story about, like, for example, there was a story about Kate cradling her baby bump and they said oh she's you know lovingly touching her baby bump and then there was a side by side of Megan in the same newspaper and it was like Megan can't keep her hands off herself like it was just the craziest thing to see it side by side like that and what you know Harry and Megan you know talk about in the documentary is that yeah like these tabloids and these newspapers were coming up with all these things and like saying all these things about her, but it got 10 times worse when it got online because people were just incredibly racist towards her saying the most horrible things. Someone tweeted a picture of a a couple in a photo of a couple like holding the hands of a monkey and, you know, kind of said that that was like little Archie. Like it was just horrible, horrible stuff. And I don't blame them for leaving because of how the way the press treated them and how their family and the institution did nothing to protect them. Throughout the documentary, they talk a little bit about like online misinformation and how like a lot of, you know, lies were being spread about Megan and Harry and stuff. And um, they say that I think it was 70% of the chatter and, um, you know, like hate filled comments and stuff online about Megan was only coming from about 80 different accounts. And most of the people behind those accounts were middle-aged housewives who just hated (laughs) Megan and they were all behind most of this. And I thought a very interesting piece of that was that her sister, Samantha Markle, her her half-sister, Samantha Markle, was behind a lot of these accounts and a lot of that online hate. And if you don't know, I don't want to spend much time talking about Samantha Markle. She literally is a horrible person. Um, They kind of, they talk about the relationship between her and Megan in this documentary. And there literally is no relationship between the two of them. Megan was a child when Samantha was already an adult and never lived with her. And like Samantha, you know, would tell tabloids that she practically raised Megan. Like, just horrible things. And she's a horrible person. But I think the interesting thing that came out of that um, was that Samantha Markle actually has a daughter that she gave up for adoption who is around Megan's age. And Megan actually connected with her as an adult. And they're really good friends. Her name's Ashley. Um, And I thought that was a very um, interesting, you know, aspect or something interesting to learn 
about the family by dynamic um, throughout this documentary. So another thing that I found interesting in this documentary and that I really latched onto was the lawsuit. And I think that I gravitated to this aspect because it is part of the catalyst of what ended up causing Harry and Meghan to leave the royal du duties. Okay, so if you don't know, here's what happened. So Meghan had a very contentious relationship with her birth father. So he started when, you know, the wedding was going on after Harry had proposed to Meghan, Meghan's dad started posing or, you know, creating these photo ops with the tabloids and the paparazzi in the UK and they were paying him money for that. So when the tabloid, other tabloids found out that he was doing this, it was like big news. It was a big scandal that someone who was going to be a part of the royal family, you know, their family member was selling stories and getting paid by the paparazzi. Like it was super scandalous. So when Meghan found out about it, she went to the queen and then Prince Charles to say, hey, this is happening. I don't know what to do. What do you guys want me to do in this situation? So they were like, well, we want you to write a letter to your dad. So she does that. She writes a letter and she realizes that she can't just send the letter, you know, from, you know, Kensington Palace to Thomas Markle. She couldn't do that. So what she did was she wrote the letter and she sent it to her manager in Los Angeles. And then her manager was sending it to her dad. Well, at some point, and she doesn't really make it clear, like, if her manager was, like, screwing her over or if it was her dad that was screwing her over or how that kind of happened, but somehow the letter got intercepted and the Daily Mail ended up printing the letter with some redactions, but printing the letter in their newspaper. So once Megan you know, noticed that they posted it in the paper and the news broke on that. She was like, she went to the higher ups in the institution and was like, hey, we're going to, you know, we need to sue them. And they were like, yeah, we're going to sue them. We're going to sue them. But as time went on, nothing was happening. So Harry and Meghan actually like took on outside counsel and decided to sue. In the documentary, they point to this as being one of those moments where they're like, okay, so the institution is not going to protect us. Like they're allowing the press to do these things. Megan ended up winning that lawsuit against the Daily Mail. Another big moment for me in this documentary was learning that before they decided to come to the United States, they actually planned three other moves or I guess three other locations that they could move to and keep doing royal duties like under the queen. But they, like, none of those plans came to fruition because every time they make a plan, it would get leaked. Harry talks about this being a moment where he realized it just wasn't going to work either because they, when, when they were planning these three other moves, they were doing it and saying, we are going to keep, we're going to stay, you know, in the family under royal official duties, and but we're just not going to live in the UK. And every time that they would talk to anyone in the institution about it, it would get leaked to the press and they couldn't do it. And this kind of leads to another moment in this documentary where Harry talks about like this, this is the final straw that made them leave 100%. And that is they were, I believe they were on holiday somewhere, him and Megan, and this was after Archie was born. And Megan stayed over, I, I, 
I can't remember exactly the exact details of where she was, but she was not in the UK. But there was a meeting called for Harry and William and their dad and the queen. And everyone was meeting to talk about what Meghan and Harry could do and what was going to make them happy. And he said one would be keeping everything the same with how things were going. And five would be completely leaving the official duties, leaving the UK, all of that. But shortly after that meeting, it was leaked to the press that the meeting was very heated and that William was actually yelling at Harry and that there was a lot of tension between two brothers. And then at that point, Harry and William had the same press office and they released a joint statement that Harry did not know about prior saying that there was no issues, everything was fine. So he says that you know, his quote from the documentary that all the publications have picked up on is that the institution was willing to lie for other people, meaning William, but not tell the truth for him. I think with this entire story, it's really important to understand how the Royal Rota works. And I didn't understand it before watching this documentary, but the Royal Press Rota is basically just an agreement between the Royal Family and a bunch of press publications. So basically the Royal Family will give them stories and it helps both of them. The press, they're able to sell papers because people are interested in the Royal Family, but it's like a circle. People are interested in the Royal Family because they're on the front page of papers And they're on the front page of papers because the royal family gives them that stuff. So it's like one works with the other. You know, Harry and Meghan's whole claim is that, you know, the institution was giving stories to the press, like negative stories about Meghan and Harry to protect, like, William and Kate. Harry says that at the time when they were trying to decide what to do, whether they stay in the UK, whether they go, that he started being kept away from the Queen by her advisors. So they were like shielding him from telling his truth. I think that, you know, everything just started to build and build and build. However, when they left the UK, they went to Canada and at that time that's when like COVID was breaking out and they were shutting down borders. A bunch of stuff was happening at that point and the royal family actually pulled their security so paparazzi knew where they lived in canada and they had their little baby archie at the time and they didn't feel safe and they knew they had to get out of canada before the border between canada and the u.s closed and they were stuck like sitting ducks with their security gone like they knew they had to get out and they really didn't know what to do so Megan ends up calling up Tyler Perry, who she had never met before, but he did write her a letter for her wedding and say, like, if you ever need anything, here's my number, give me a call. So she ends up calling him and talking to him and saying, like, here's the situation we're in, like, we need to get out of here. And Tyler Perry offers them his house in California. They go to California. I don't think they'll still live in Tyler Perry's house, but I know they're still in California. But the interesting thing to come out of all of this, you know, as we know, they've been able to like build a little bit of a media empire since then. But also Tyler Perry is Lilibet, their daughter's godfather. I genuinely think that they seem happy, at least throughout this documentary, they seem happy. And they just wanted their side to be understood and I think that they under, they know that a lot of people, no matter what they say, are not going to side with them because the royal family and the royal institution is what it is, especially in the UK. But they just wanted their side out there. And I think that's respectable. And I think there's not much more that you could 
ask of them. You can tell that there's still like a lot of tension and pain there, especially when Harry talks about his brother. And that just makes me think that, okay, so you know the moment in the, the Oprah interview where Megan and Harry say that like someone in the royal family brought up Harry's or Archie's skin color and they were wondering about what his skin color would look like. Um, and that they never say who it was. And Harry actually says that he is, that's a conversation he's never going to talk about. Like he's never going to say who said that. And I, through everything that's come out through like this documentary, it leads me to believe that it was William. I think that it was William who said that or questioned Harry's skin color. And I think so because I think that Charles is more progressive than that. Just looking at his like history and um, what he wanted to do with the royal family years ago about he, how he wanted to like, you know, move it forward and with progress. Like, I just don't think that he would be the one to say that. I think it possibly could be Camilla. It could be, especially with her actions since the documentary came out when she invited um, that one horrible man um, Clarkson, I think his name is James Clarkson, um, and Pierce Morgan to her luncheon. And those were two of the men who talked the most crap about Megan and said horrible, horrible things about her. Um, so it could be Camilla, but I don't think so. I think it also could be Kate, but the reason that really makes me think that it's William is because Harry refuses to talk about it. I don't think it was the queen and I don't think it was Prince Philip. I think that it was William and I also think it possibly could be Anne but like she's like such a non-factor like I don't know like I feel like he may have just said it especially now that the queen is gone like I think he may have would have just come out and said yeah it was Princess Anne I think we'll find out eventually someone's gonna leak that shit like someone's gonna someone's gonna leak it um but I think it's William and I think that's why Harry won't talk about it because he still loves his brother and he still wants a reconciliation there. And I understand that. Um, in the documentary, there's actually a moment after the Oprah interview premieres and they're filming and Harry has his phone in his hand and he walks over to Megan and like shows her the text. And he's like, this is from my brother. Or Megan's like, what am I looking at? And he's like, this is a text I just got from my brother. And they don't read it out loud. They just let you know that they got a text message. And he's like, I wish I knew what to say. And Megan's like, oh, wow. Like, I just want to know what that text message said. Like, someone leak that. Like, I at the end of the day, I think this documentary is for everyone. Whether you love them, you hate them, or you love to hate them, I think that you will find something interesting or enjoyable about this documentary. Like I said, it's six episodes. Each episode is an hour long, and it literally goes from the inception of their relationship to literally, like, just a couple months ago. Like, for real to 2022 like it spans all of that time and it really shares their side of the story and I think that if you're interested even a little in a little bit in knowing their side of the story then you should watch it and they really have a beautiful relationship and a beautiful love story and if you just want to watch the first couple episodes before they get into a lot of the royal family stuff, then just watch the first two episodes. It's just about their love story and how they met and their backgrounds. And it's really beautiful. And if you're someone who believes in love, then you'll like it. But that's it for this week's episode. 
As always, you can find me across social media at Something to Talk About. I'm on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can find me in all of those places. I will link all of the socials below. Also, we have one more week left of 2022. I'll be putting out one more episode next week. And I mentioned in a previous podcast episode that I thought I was going to recap Where the Truth Lies, which is um, the Casey Anthony documentary on Peacock. And I don't think I'm going to do that anymore. I have my reasons, which I will talk about in the next in the next podcast episode. Um, but I think what I'm going to do is do a recap of my favorite or most interesting documentaries of 2022 that I watched. And I think that's just going to be like my wrap up episode so that I can start fresh with new documentaries and a new adventure, I guess, in 2023. Don't forget, subscribe across social media channels. Go ahead and check out my Patreon. It's patreon.com slash something to talk about. And that's it for our show today. I hope you loved it. Thank you. Love you. Bye.